Hi, this is Alex Romanovich, and welcome to Global Edge Talk. Today is September 6th, 2022, and the summer is over. And to, to commemorate the, um, the end of summer, we invited Pavlo Kobzar to our studio. Hello, Pavlo. Hello, Alex. Uh, Pavlo is a very interesting individual, very interesting entrepreneur with a great story. Um, he is an executive in the log logistics business um, with a company called Logit and Logit Dispatch. Um, uh, Pavlo is the co-founder of uh, two of those companies and many others, and building very innovative and, uh, it, and we can easily say radical solutions in some cases for the logistics industry in the United States and globally. And uh, we will talk about his background. We will talk about his path to where he is today. And um, I'm promising you that it's going to be a really exciting conversation. Um, Pavlo, uh, you, you do have a very interesting background. And I'd like to ask you, um, your company, Logity, uh, was actually based, physically based in um, a couple of locations. United States is one of them. Uh, you had some offices or you have some offices in Europe and your main operations, your um, sort of a operation center was in Ukraine, still is uh, to a certain extent. Um, and then during the war or when the war started, uh, you had to make some uh, interesting logistics uh, and radical logistics decisions. Uh, tell us a little bit about what happened on February 24th of 2022, and how that impacted your business, briefly. Well, thanks for having me on your podcast, Alex. Uh, February 24th have changed the whole world. Uh, try to imagine you woke up at 5 a.m. to the sounds of the exploding bombs in your city. It took me about 10 minutes to grab my documents, some cash, and and my cats, and jump in a car, and drive right out of the city. It was my main objective to leave the city immediately once the war started. After that, I've... Uh, I've based in uh, my country house about 40 miles away of the city, uh, where I had a good connection to the internet and uh, phone connection. So I could help my team, which still was in the city, uh, to coordinate uh, evacuation and uh, help people find solution in tough situation, such as no petrol in their cars, no cars at all. Uh, I even gave away to my cars parked in my garage to some of uh, our team members so they can drive out the city with their families. So I spent all day on the 24th uh, talking to people, phoning different people, helping them organize, uh, do the 
So I'm combining families into one vehicle so they can es- escape the city. At the end of the day, I've started my journey to west part of Ukraine, where we were urgently establishing a new location so we can relocate those people from Kharkiv to Lviv and other Western cities. It was a good, pretty good challenge for us to coordinate uh, logistics of ourselves, not the some cargo out of the country, overseas or whatever. And uh, I'm gladly saying that uh, no one was injured or had any any troubles, any any serious troubles during this first four or five days of the war. Unfortunately, we had a couple team members that was stuck at occupied territory but luckily, they uh, were able to escape the area, and uh, everybody now is in safe location in different countries around the world. So, before the war started, we had the mono location in Kharkiv, Ukraine, and uh, some representation in the USA. Now, we have expanded our business to a couple more locations in Europe, in Poland, and Bulgaria. And uh, opened offices in different cities across Ukraine, because due to the situation in Ukraine, our team was saturated, saturated between almost every region of Ukraine. And now we have uh, five working locations in Ukraine and Europe, which are open for a full-time job. And uh, we have a lot of people working remotely from different parts of the world. About 200 people working out of the country right now. A fascinating, fascinating um, story or beginning of the story. Uh, It is my understanding that even though you've relocated some of the operational offices to Europe and the United States, you still have quite a bit of staff in Ukraine. And I guess you wake up every morning wondering, uh, is everything okay? Uh, and not okay from the business standpoint of operations or process standpoint, but okay from a standpoint of physical safety uh, of those people. So how do you, let me ask you, how do you sort of manage this, uh, this environment where, you know, is there a process that you put in place? Is there a methodology that you use right now to make sure that those who are still in Ukraine Uh, can operate, can be comfortable, and if something does happen, if it escalates, they can be, um, you know, first of all, safe personally, and secondly, they, um, um, you know, they provide continuity uh, for the business. Well, uh, thanks to COVID, uh, if I could say so, uh, we'll have a great practice on uh, working on a remote, full remote, remote job. And uh, most of our people are trained and well-equipped for working from their home or whatever the place they are. And uh, even for this situation that happened in February, uh, our Ukrainian operations 
was not fully working on the first two days only. All other six months we've been operating in full power with everybody on board. So uh, as the world challenging us time and time again, now uh, we do know how to work with distributed teams. We do have some tools inside our team to check what's happening to our team members. Every team lead has doing daily check calls with their with his remote workers and uh, all information gathering together to special reports for the executive team. So I could say uh, we're on track for everyone in our team from the beginning of the war almost. And uh, I personally have been speaking to a lot of our people. We have over 800 people working in Logitech right now. So I personally was first months for sure. I was talking to a lot of people in messengers on the phone, helping them find the solution, how to get out of the location, how to fill the car, how to carpool with someone who can help them get to the safe location. Uh, in the parallel with that, we were trying to help our civil people in Kharkiv, our home location, with uh, their humanitarian needs. Because at the beginning of the war, a, a lot of people were like lost in the situation and they couldn't escape. And they need food, medicines. So I was wondering like how it's happening. Because once we arrived to Lviv, uh, the third day the war started, I arrived to Lviv and guys from our team already were organizing funding to buy some meds and send them to Kharkiv. So they didn't have a place to accommodate themselves even. Uh, originally, all the people who arrived to Lviv were based in, in our office, sleeping even there before they find uh, flats and apartments. And the first day I arrived, they started working on helping people who are stuck in Kharkiv. So I was combining uh, helping our own team and uh, helping the people over there. So at the same time, maybe in a week or so, we established a charity foundation that called A to Ukrainians, uh, Biological People, which is aiming for helping, first of all, civil people who are in trouble, for the refugees inside country, and so on. So, as I mentioned before, we haven't lost our operations, operational power uh, during the situation. And I can claim that uh, our business model is pretty sustainable uh, since we only have two days with reduced operations while people were relocating from one city to another. And at that period of time, only support teams that are located out of the country and uh, some remote workers were working in full and others were with limited accessibility. So that was pretty challenging, but we went through it. Well, it's amazing. And uh, kudos to you, Pavel. Um, I'll interchange Pavel and Pavlo, but uh, we'll refer to you as uh, Pavlo, which is a Ukrainian uh, version of Pavel. Um, here's an interesting um, fact 
is that you're the CEO and the chief marketing officer of of a um, uh, a company called Logitech, which is, uh, for all intents and purposes, the technology and innovation arm of the overall uh, company, but also uh, develops uh, a number of different innovative solutions for the outside market, for the logistics uh, business in general. Um, in our early conversations, um, you know, you showed me a lot of interesting innovations. You actually demoed the system, the platform that you're using internally, and some of the um, solutions that are still under the covers, so to speak, uh, that have a lot of innovations, have a lot of um, interesting built-in innovations in artificial intelligence and uh, machine learning and automation and optimization and, and so forth and so on. How did this experience of COVID first and then uh, the war in Ukraine, the disaster recovery, uh, the disaster management functions, the um, um, functions that are responsible for the overall, you know, optimization, uh, automation uh, uh, of, of um, you know, traditional processes. How did those experiences of COVID and the war in Ukraine uh, impact your um approach to solution building, approach to innovation, you know, what new skills do you think that you have gained or you need to build, almost built into these platforms? You know, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, that's a good question, uh, Alex. I was been in logistics for 12 years in a row and the last three years I was focused on developing the software with our IT team. Uh, firstly, it was uh, for our own needs and uh, the external customers as well. And uh, looking at all this happening around us, uh, it's not affecting it like directly because uh, you still have to do the work. You still have to struggle with operation in some, in some situation. You still have to deal with paperwork processing. You still have to deal with ships stuck in the port. And uh, most of this uh, important is that your software has to work from any device, like being cross-platform. It has to be easy to onboard new people for your software. It has to be intuitive for the user. So you save a lot of time on the training and onboarding new people. And uh, that's pretty much it. Because it has to be secure as well, right? Well, that's like a basics. It has to be secure from the, <laughs> by the default. And uh, it doesn't matter uh, actually to the platform if you work from home or you work from the office. It has to work from anywhere and it has to be safe. So you have to use secure connections. You have to use, in some cases, VPNs and uh, encryptions. But uh, it's not only because of COVID or the war. It's because of nowadays technology's requirements. Otherwise, you won't survive. So there is no special experience due to COVID because uh, you still do the same, but from a different location. And uh, 
Of course, we do have some uh, additional features for our team management uh, modules where you can uh, additionally track some KPIs and track the availability of the people while they are not in the office and you cannot see them on the floor, but you can see them online. You can see if they are uh, working, if they are uh, talking to the customers and so on. You can track the sales, but that's not much, I think. Interesting perspective. Um, you know, I have so many questions to ask uh, to ask you because, uh, first of all, the logistics industry is a fascinating industry and what has happened to it from a transformational standpoint over the past couple of years. And uh, also about your own personal experience in terms of managing people, managing teams. The first question I have related to that is, um, the leaders of today, the global leaders of today, I mean, obviously you're leading a, a global company. You're one of the leaders in the global company. What do you think should be the new skill set for the uh, new global leaders of today in lieu of what happened with COVID, in lieu of disasters, in lieu of, uh, of uh, what is happening uh, in, you know, with the war in Ukraine in Europe, we can easily say in Europe, um, what should be that set of skills uh, of a new leader, new global leader, new global entrepreneur that you think one should possess? Well, uh, from my experience, what I've learned, uh, I can say one of the important skills is empathy. Because I think that the team, your people, that's one of the values you have in the company. Not the copyrights, not the assets. Uh, of course, they are valuable, but without people, you cannot do anything. You won't be able to build a unicorn company. You won't be able to become, I don't know, like Fortune 500 company and so on without without team. And that's our core. That's what we have to worry about and care about them a lot. And uh, I can call Logity as people-centric company because a lot of processes in our company built around this that fact that our people is our value. And we care about them the same way we want them to deal with us. So uh, nowadays, leaders has to understand, they have to understand that their team is one of the main resources for them. Well, I personally wouldn't call people as resources. It's kind of human resources thing, right? But hey, people are not resources. This is people. This is humans. So you have to treat them as a humans, not as resources, actually. That's an interesting uh, interesting take on the, uh, on the old... Um... Uh, you know, human resource uh, type of a definition. Um, but I understand what you're saying. I totally get it. Um, right. But do you think that um, there's a certain level of readiness that uh, each company has to have um, in terms of being ready for a new trend, being ready for uh, um, for something that happened in the past and the, the company learned from and so forth? What have you learned personally and what did your company learn uh, collectively from these experiences? What what would you say, how, how would you say your value system has changed 
and your learnings have changed through this, uh, you know, through these changes? Well, it's kind of hard to answer the question what exactly changed as we are developing ourselves every day, every year. And uh, you need to spend quite a bit of time to reflect on what the person you were like 10 years ago and who you are now. But uh, as I mentioned in previous previous answer, uh, if you care about team, uh, you're having more sustainable company and more resilient. Because, uh, for example, with the COVID situation on the logistics market, in the USA, a lot of companies was laying off people, like hundreds of them. We haven't fired anyone during COVID. We kept all our team in place. And when COVID started stabilizing situation, and logistics obviously was the first industry who was to begin recovery, we were able to do the jump start and start doing everything for our customers immediately. We, we didn't have a, like a leg for uh, hang on a second, guys. We need a couple months to hire the people back, train them, onboard them, and then we'll start servicing your needs. We started dealing with our customers the same day they contacted us back saying, okay, we're open for business. Let's start moving the freight. Let's sign some contracts. So uh, we were keeping our people well COVID, even if they are not performing much or even they were stuck at home, were not able to work, being stressed or something like that. We still were supporting them financially so they can make the for living and something extra. But once it's, it's finished, it was still a lot of regulations and quarantines, but business started working were able to bring the full power to the market and uh, it boosted up our revenue. It boosted up our company positions on the market. So that's like a great example of uh, how caring of your people bringing you additional benefits on the market situation. I think it's, a, so, I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a great point that even through disasters, if you invest into your people, if you support your human capital, if we can, if we can call it that, um, you can overcome a lot of different challenges and uh, perils. Um, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the logistics business. Um, you have developed for yourself and for the outside market, and you continue to develop some very interesting, innovative solutions for the logistics business. Now, the logistics business is somewhat different in uh, many parts of the world, but uh, like any other industry, we know that it's undergoing the what the industry would call or what the pundits would call the digital transformation. What does digital transformation mean to you and to the logistics industry, having developed some very interesting solutions, you know, mobile first and, uh, you know, cloud-based and, and so forth, solutions that automate, solutions that optimize, solutions that, you know, bring new technologies to the table. But when we say digital transformation and logistics, what does that mean to you and what does that mean in general? 
Well, I probably can share some insights about logistics industry to our audience. Uh, they're probably not aware of that. Logistics is pretty conservative industry. People still use fax. People still can literally use fax machine with sending a written piece of paper to each other. And uh, the software used in the industry is pretty proprietary and uh, pretty old, going back to 90s. So anything that brings new technologies to the industry can be called could be called innovative and transforming into digital side. But main trends right now that's uh, visibility. Most of companies are trying to provide the visibility of the freight to their customers, get the visibility from their vendors. So you'll be able to see what's exactly happening to your freight right now, right here. You don't need to make any calls, any emails to be sent. You just can open your phone and see, okay, here's my containers. They are discharging in the port and heading to my warehouse. And if there is a delay, you can see what is the delay, what's the new ETA to arrival, and what's the reasons, and so on. The second trend, I would say, as implicating the AI technology in many processes in logistics, talking about routing, capacity allocations, pricing tools, market rate predictions, and so on. Uh, so many ways to apply artificial intelligence in logistics. You, you can build hundreds of unicorns here based on these technologies. The other trend is to transform old school brokers. Brokers are the people who have the customers with the freight, they have carriers with the trucks on the other side, and they combine it, helping both sides making the deliveries and making some money on it. So now we have challenges in the industry that some large company came to get their piece of cake and such as Uber. Everybody knows what is Uber. So Uber released their digital brokers company three years ago and a Conway Freight, which is backed by serious venture investments, uh, as well as Jeff Bezos investments and uh, other large players in the market. So we have three or four more major players in the market, but all what they do, they just uh, repl replace people with the technology. So they combine shipper and uh, trackers in their mobile application using tech. So all they create is a digital freight matching application. So they match the trucks to the freight. They reduce the cost of operations because there is much, much less people and uh, required to perform everything and uh, increase customer satisfaction by getting rid of extra communications via email and phone and so on. So you just, all you need to ship a freight, you just need a phone and application. That's all you need. So I would say that's the main trends in the industry. Of course, there are a lot of uh, innovations going on the 
backside of the players, like changing infrastructure, changing internal systems for this modern technology and so on. But that's not affecting the customer like in directly. That's affecting the, mostly the companies inside. They're improving their costs. They're improving their operations. But that's what's happening now. Uh, fascinating uh, just to listen to you about the uh, what's transforming in the um, logistics industry. And I, I'm sure we're going to continue to talk more about this because um, this is uh, very valuable, very interesting. Um, Pavel, um, it's kind of interesting that you've, uh, you've transformed yourself over the past couple of years. And I'm sure your value system, your approach to business, your approach to life even um, has changed, or maybe it didn't. Tell us, um, did anything happen with the value system? Did you, did you start to look at things differently? Did you look, did you look to start at people differently? Um, have you changed anything in your own day-to-day activity? Maybe the way you, uh, you know, assign a certain weight to certain tasks or, um, you know, what, you know, how you take care of your loved ones or yourself or anything else like that. Did your value system change? Absolutely changed. As I mentioned before, we have changed all the time, but uh, recently I've experienced some changes in my life. Uh, I've decided that uh, I have to bring more dedication to my family because I'm not getting younger, kids are growing. So you have to spend some time with people in your family, not only with people in your office. And uh, that was my problem. I, I spent too much time in the office and uh, I've decided to change that last year. So I dedicated some time for my kids. And uh, <laughs> that's funny, but <laughs> I just dropped the... Uh, time in calendar for meeting my kids. So make sure this time won't be crossed over with some other meetings or some other plans. So when I open the calendar, I know that this this is my family time. I'm busy at that time. Not only the weekends. Well, uh, that's because, great. That's great. Yeah. Like, obviously, kids need a father. Uh, not only mom. <laughs> 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 that's yeah, a good especially, one <laughs> especially, especially if you're talking about growing up son you know of course so well plus you're you're a very global uh you're a very global individual and you know when i talk to you if i we exchange telegram notes or whatever i always wonder where you might be <laughs> you know what part of the world <laughs> you may be in <laughs> and you're very spontaneous too i mean you could be here uh one day and then uh something happens and then you could be on the plane that same evening and uh, all of a sudden I see you in Miami or if I see or I see you in Poland or I see you in uh, you know South America or something like that well we live in world of disruption you have to move across right. the world right right Pavel on this note I think this is a great uh, this is a great culmination of our conversation. I want us to continue to talk. I enjoyed immensely um, 
this chat and um, our audience is going to be very pleased to know more about you, to know more about the industry, to know more about your experiences. So I want to thank you for being a part of our recording. And um, by the way, we will share a lot of the links on the landing page um, for this recording. And um, the folks may have a, an opportunity to contact you and uh, ask additional questions. But I want to thank you once again. And uh, thank you for having me. Yes, and was wish you, to you wish you all the best, and uh, we'll meet again very very soon. Thank you. Thank you, Alex.